stories brought to you by Refuge Ministries Canada. For the next half hour, your hearts will be filled with hope as you hear real-life stories from individuals that have been changed by the power of God. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Refuge Freedom Stories. I'm your guest host, Johnny T. And today my guest is Crystal Craven. Crystal is a wife, a mother, a singer, a songwriter, a blogger, an entrepreneur, and someone who has struggled with some health issues over the years, but yet has found God's grace and faithfulness as her strength through it all. How are you today, Crystal? Doing all right. I've learned that even when physically I'm not, I am blessed, so I'm always all right. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I was reading through your bio, and you and your husband met in high school, got married very young. Tell me about your journey of early marriage and your faith in Christ and how that helped you through those kind of things that would come up with a young marriage. Yeah, so we had met our junior year and I had done so many different sports throughout the first part of high school and I had just switched over schools and always being in a Christian school to a public school. And it was kind of a culture shock, but I decided, you know, I've done all these other sports. I'm going to just try wrestling because I've never had that opportunity. And that's where we met. And he was actually very respectful compared to the way the other guys had treated me initially. And so we just kind of started hanging out and then he asked me to prom <laughs> and we just kind of dated from there on out. Pretty much towards the end of high school, we had decided we were going to get married. So right after that Christmas, after graduation, he had proposed and planned out the wedding. And yeah, we we just did things very, very young and had, ended up having our daughter. A little over a year later, we got pregnant with her. And so it was like everything was just kind of going quickly. Oddly enough, when I first met him, he was not safe. And I struggled with that. I was raised in the church. And so in my mind, I was like, I can't be unequally yoked. But my parents had just recently gone through a divorce that had kind of put me in a little bit of a tailspin with my relationship with the Lord. And I basically did walk away. I still claimed Christ, but I was definitely not walking. And so I looked at it as, you know, like, well, how bad could it really be to date a guy that I happen to like? <laughs> And so he actually ended up getting saved towards the end of high school. And so for all intents and purposes, it was like we were both new believers just because I had walked away for so long. Mm -hmm. And when we got pregnant with our daughter, God really like put it in both our hearts. Like we need to be in the church dedicated to him. And it was really then that we had found a home church and started reading the Bible on our own mm -hmm. and not just being Sunday Christians. <laughs> yeah. And the Lord just started moving rapidly. I mean, we got into ministry and serving in children's ministry and and eventually he moved us into another church where then I ended up in worship ministry. And yeah, I mean, God definitely used that time and having a child. There was just this innate, like, I can't raise my child in the world. I have to raise them in God, you know, and like, I don't know if that was just from my upbringing or if that was just the Holy Spirit telling the truth uh, of that fact, but it definitely spurred the start of our relationship with him growing a lot stronger, which eventually led to about a year and a half of joblessness. And God kind of taught us a lot and dependency on him through that as well. Well, God's word says that if you raise up a child in the way they should go, when they're old, they won't depart from it. So obviously that came to pass in your life where you grew up in a Christian home. And so even though you were moving ahead, not necessarily walking with God, that word was still alive in your heart, whether you knew it or not. Definitely. But looking back, there were definitely periods where, I mean, God intervened. You know, I didn't see it then, but hindsight's always twenty twenty. And looking back to see like he had his hand on me the whole time. And when this prodigal eventually came back, he was there with open arms to receive me. Absolutely. That's awesome. So tell me about your experience being placed in a worship leading capacity. 
That was interesting. I've always loved music. My earliest memories is like singing, making up songs and just my mom recording. them. <laughs> and I had been in choir in high school, but when we got into the church and there was a women's ministry going on and they found out, oh, you play the guitar and you sing. Like, would you like to come lead worship? And so I'm like, I guess so, you know, like a little nervous about that. But I started leading in that. And then our worship director asked if I would like to lead on Wednesday night services. And so I did that. And then eventually it moved to Sunday services and then putting me in rotation as one of the main worship leaders. And when that step up happened, I was actually a little nervous because I was just scared. Like I was very young and I felt like I'm not capable. I definitely wasn't as great of an instrumentalist on my guitar as other people. And I just didn't want to like mess things up for God in essence. Mm -hmm. And so thankfully, like my leader saw the gifting and, you know, the calling that God had on my life before I ever really saw it and encouraged me in that and, and asked me to pray over it. And I admit I didn't at first because I was like, no, God's not going to use me in this way. <laughs> but eventually I did. And he, he did. He reassured my heart. Like, I'm calling you into this. Like, I will equip you for this. And, you know, like, you're not too young. Don't let anyone despise you for your youth, you know. And, and so I started to walk in that. And I'm amazed, actually, how even when we moved up to Northern California for a church plant, how God has just continued to use that gifting. And it really is a passion. I think in worship songs a lot. And as I struggle through things, I think in music and you know the biblical lyrics just come into mind and then when I'm like searching for paper I gotta write this down <laughs> I completely understand what you're talking about the Bible says the gifts and callings of God are without repentance you know you can either walk in that flow and experience God's faithfulness and growth and anointing and things that he can accomplish through that or you can ignore it and be miserable your whole life because you don't know what you're supposed to do yeah, I, I do definitely feel like God calls us to things. He has the good work that he's prepared for us to walk in. And sometimes we're like, I really want God to move. And then you're like, but I haven't even turned the car on. You know, like, <laughs> how do you expect God to move you and to work in you if you're not willing to actually walk in them? You know, and, and when you do, it's the doors that he opens is incredible. And the things that you see that you're like, this is all God. There is no way that this is even me at all, because it has to purely be him working through me, you know, and I always find that incredible. Like he gives us a measure of faith to put back in him and he gives us the gift that we can then serve him in you know it's like it always starts with him he first loved us i can never take credit for the things that he uses me for and i'm just grateful that he does it's so important that people understand that you know if they're if they're searching for what god wants them to do in life I think that people sometimes will kind of squash those desires that God puts in their heart because one other, they don't recognize them, you know, and that comes from a greater relationship with the Lord or from fear. And you talked a little bit about having some fear just because of your age at that time and things like that. So how did you overcome those things to move forward into that calling? I mean, I almost feel like, like, ASAP in Psalm 73, like, you know, you start off looking at the things around the world and you you come up with all these reasons why things are maybe not how they should be or, you know, how, why you can't do something. And it really came down to when I put my mind to sitting for the Lord and actually seeking his will on it is when it was like, okay, I have the strength, I have the confirmation, I have everything that I need in him to walk forward in it. And so it really was just sitting before him and letting him encourage my heart and confirm that to my heart that, you know, if I'm going to walk in something, he's not asking me to just go run ahead and do it alone. Like it's definitely something that he's going to put me in and he's going to be with me through every step of the way. And so that is what really overcame that fear. You know, I mean, his love, right? His perfect love casts out all fear. 
So you were acting in the role of a worship leader and experiencing God's grace. And then you found out that you were having some difficulties in your body physically. How did that affect your faith? How did God prove himself to you as you walked through that journey? You know, when it first all started, there was definitely like a layer of confusion because I didn't know what was going on. The doctors didn't know what was going on. And by the time I had basically had full stroke symptoms and they rolled it out in the emergency room and sent me home and was basically waiting referrals with doctors and more tests. And they sent me home saying, well, we know it's not a stroke. It could be something like a tumor or MS or, you know, some other thing that's really serious and not really what you want to hear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so to get sent home to have to wait for. And so I was just sitting on my couch next to my husband and trying to like process all of this. And I got to the point, I'm just in tears. I'm like, I could be dying you know, and I don't, I don't know how I'm supposed to move past this, you know, and or move through it. And God just kind of met me where I was at. And I, I remember very specifically, and at that point, I, my vocal cords had been paralyzed, so I couldn't actually talk. And so the only way I could really fully just like express my heart is to God, you know, like I could try to write with my left hand or text my husband, but that was very laborsome. And so there was no way to fully express anything other than just straight to God. And so I cried out to him and I got down to the, I guess, resolution in my heart and in my mind that it doesn't matter if I was going to die, you know, like if that's Mm -hmm. God's will for me, then I'm going to accept it. And I just really wanted to still bring him glory. I felt like I'm so young. I haven't gotten enough opportunity, you know, like I still want to serve you, you know, and I just prayed that regardless of what I was going to go through, even if I wouldn't regain function or if I was going to die, that he would still use my life for his glory, whatever that would look like. And there was just this overwhelming peace that washed over me. Mm-hmm. And I had read about it, you know, the peace that surpasses understanding and his perfect peace. And I honestly don't think I had experienced him in that way until that moment. And it was just like all the cares of the world and all the cares of my body just floated away, you know, and I was, it was just me and him. I was just sitting there at his feet and being kept in his peace. And it was like, nothing else mattered, you know, just him. And he gave me what would eventually become the chorus of my uh, song, God of Peace, Jehovah Shalom. And I just sung that over and over and over in my mind and in my heart, all the way through therapies. I had to go through physical, occupational, and speech therapies. And eventually, when I did regain function, I was able to start writing down verses for that and really putting music to it and stuff. But it was just such a gift, you know, to be kept in that peace. And even as I got diagnoses, like you get a level of peace that comes with knowing like, oh, okay, this is what's happening or I'm not going to die or things mm-hmm. like that. But it doesn't compare to the peace of God that I felt at that moment. And yeah, it was definitely a gift. So, you know, you can share about that. You're doing that today and, and you do it on your website and so on. What kind of opportunities has God given you to share that experience with people who are maybe struggling with something and, and they don't have that peace? How do you express that to them? Yeah. So when I have like personal conversations, it is pretty much coming down to sharing like the personal testimony and being able to share with them like this piece is only had in God. You know, like if you don't know God, you're not going to know his peace. And so for someone who's unsaved, it really just comes more down to a gospel conversation because they really won't understand it. You know, and if they are in Christ, being able to discuss, I understand fear. I understand all the thoughts that come into your head. But like the fact that God is bigger than literally everything. You know, he created us. He formed us in our mother's womb. He knows every fabric of our being and everything that could be ailing our body. And if we're going to be going through something that he's choosing not to heal in that moment, then we need to trust that he has our perfect and 
good will in mind. I mean, mm-hmm. he is working all things for our good. And I think sometimes we want that to be our, our physical good, you know, and it's like, well, it is our spiritual good. So being able to keep focused on and trusting, it really comes down to, I think, trusting that he is good, that no matter what we face, even if we do die, like he's still good. And we can trust in that no matter what and, and worship him through it. You know, just as Job, when he was plagued to be able to say, he gives and he takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. You mm-hmm. know, to have a heart like that with open hands and everything that is in our lives, our families, our jobs, our homes, our lives, you know, even the very breath that we hold, knowing if you want to take that, I'm yours There's definite comfort in that. When you're focused on the eternal and you're focused on building your relationship with God and getting to know him better in preparation for the eternal, all those temporal things tend to not be so worrisome. And I mean, there's definitely like ups and downs that I've gone through over the years. Like after I had regained function, I did assume that it was a fluke thing. You know, the doctors pretty much said there's nothing wrong with my brain, but for whatever reason, half of it just shut down, you know, and they couldn't figure out why. And so I had this period of, you know, the, the good start off, like even Job had, you know, where you're like, it's okay, I just want to serve you. And then, you know, it started to come back. And all of a sudden, there's this feeling of like, why? Why are you doing this? You you got me past this. Like, didn't I learn the lesson? Can we move on, please? You know, and time after time after time, he would come back with me that my grace is sufficient, you know, and I'm like, man, okay, your your grace is sufficient, you know, like your strength is going to be made perfect in my weakness. And I want to walk in that and I'd have victory. And sometimes I wouldn't. And sometimes I would just cry out to him. And I'm like, God, I don't want your grace anymore. I just want to be healed, you know? And then, but yeah, gosh, my heart would be so pierced. You know, and I would think that because I'm like, that's not true though. In my spirit, that's not true. I do want your grace. I do want your will, you know, and I, I, I do want to be healed. You know, you tell me to be the persistent widow that's constantly coming to you in prayer over these things that are so heavy on my heart. And, mm-hmm. and I do, I, I pray every day that you would heal me. But there did come a point where I just had to resolve, like, you know what, you're good, regardless of whether you're going to heal me on this side of eternity, or whether I have to wait until I cross over and get my new body and I'm glorified in it. But you know, if this is your will for my life, there is a great gain that comes with godliness with contentment. And so I want that, you know, and if this is how you choose for my life to be, and that this is how I'm going to bring you glory, then so be it. You know, I know you can, I pray that you will. And if you don't, you're still good, you know, and it was a really hard thing to come to at first. But once I did it, it was like something that, you know, you almost have to like tell yourself over and over and wait until every part of you believes it, you know, like you come to that thought in your mind and then you're like, I need it to reach my heart. (laughs) And then I just feel that. And so that's just something that continually as things come up, I have to keep telling myself, you know, what, God's good. It doesn't matter if you're healed now. He's good. So just praise him, worship him, walk in the work that he gives you because you know that he's going to give you the grace. And otherwise you just keep your eyes on him. Yeah, you know, there's a scripture that comes to mind and it talks about whoever the rock falls on will be crushed, but whoever falls on the rock will be broken. Mm. And it makes me think about our need to fall on Christ as our rock, to let him break us so we can flourish in his grace and flourish in his presence and things like that. And it's it's hard for a lot of people, you know, if they're going through whatever their struggle is, you know, it, it could be addiction, it could be physical issues, it could be trauma they suffered when they were young or in their midlife, whatever it might be, right? But we need to help people understand that it's only through Christ, as you've experienced and so poignantly put, that's where you find that relationship really starts to grow. So now let me ask you, being a worship leader, you get to experience the anointing of God when you're leading people in worship and things like that. Do you think it would have been different if you hadn't had those struggles? 
Do you think that God's ability to touch people through you would have been less without your current walk with him? Yeah, I, I definitely do. I mean, God did use me in the beginning, but there's definitely something that has grown. You know, just I think it's more of just my relationship with God has gotten so much deeper. And before when I would go to lead worship, there was definitely still thoughts of I need to make sure things are technically good. And, you know, all these like worries of the world would kind of come in. And now, I mean, yes, there's always going to be like, you want to make sure that you're being a good steward and that things can be good for people to not be distracted in. But there's definitely that level of like, every time I go to lead worship, I'm like, yeah, I just want to close my eyes and worship. And it's just me and you, God. And like, and yet I'm going to be leading your people in and they get to join and we're just going to be like worshiping you, you know, nothing else matters and sound doesn't matter. And, yeah. you know, everything else just kind of fades away. And I mean, cause it really was in the ups and downs that where the, like, I feel the true refining of my heart actually was happening, you know, because it was one thing in the beginning for God to, you know, meet me in that. And then I get over it and I feel like, great, that was a hard little trial of a few, you know, six months and now we're done. And so I can say, you know, after all these years of struggling up and down and up and down and what reminds me of the Spurgeon quote, like as you were saying of us falling on the rock and his quote was, I learned to kiss the wave that throws me against the rock of ages. Mm. And it's like, I've learned to embrace that. I'm like, if I could go back and God would say, Hey, you won't have any health problems. Like I wouldn't take it, you know, to be honest, because it really has done its refining work and it still is, you know, I, I can't claim that like I've somehow arrived at, you know, always handling <laughs> everything well. I still have plenty of pain flares and times where I'm just like, Lord, why, you know, take me, heal me now. Now, please, you know, and where I just again have to refocus my mind on him and get that time of just sitting in his presence, not seeking his healing hands, not seeking anything that he's going to do for me, but just seeking his faith, you know, and having that communion and that close relationship with him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so fundamental, isn't it? Everything else passes away when we step from this life through the curtain to the next. All of the things that we've done or haven't done here pretty much mean nothing. Yeah, our know? afflictions here are so light and momentary. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, they are for sure. So if you were going to give our audience one thought about God, what would you say to them? Oh, man. You know, I think everything always comes back to Christ and the fact that, you know, God created us, even though he knew we would sin and he knew the hardships that we would face, but it was his love for us that spurred his action to create us in his image, you know, and to give us such a close connection to him. And even when we did sin and, you know, we, we have this huge separation from God, he had already designed and planned a way of bridging that gap through Jesus. And, you know, if you think about, it's hard sometimes I think to think about just how much Jesus has sacrificed for us and that true like chasm because we we don't really experience that in life you know like you might be upset at someone for a little while and then you say sorry and it's better you know but mm -hmm. it's like to think of maybe a murderer you know and you you look at them and go I could never forgive them and it's like and yet we've done so much work you know like sin in God's eyes is so evil and create such a separation and for Jesus to look at us while we were still sinners and still choose to come down and die for us because he loves us then in light of that it doesn't matter what we're going to face in life it doesn't matter if we're going to have health problems it doesn't matter if we have traumas. It doesn't matter if we lose our jobs. It doesn't matter if we lose our lives because in light of that, if we really let that soak in, we are going to want to just serve him, to worship him, to constantly be in his presence and praying without ceasing. And that overflowing of the spirit is going to give that abundant life that we can live in Christ. Amen. Words of encouragement for sure. So if somebody wants to find your story, I know that you're, you've written some blogs on your website there. I read through a couple of those and they're, they're well-written. 
where would they go and where would they find your music? My music website is crystalcravenmusic.com. Crystal with a K, Craven with a C. <laughs> and I have a podcast, Defying the Bible, that's available on most of those streaming services. Uh, my music is available for free on my website. You can stream it on most Apple, Amazon, Spotify, those types of places. But yeah, I try to just make it a, as available and free as possible. And I do have an email newsletter that can be accessed on my website and I send out weekly devotions. And um, when I do have new music releases, I send them their way as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, That's yeah. great. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been a real blessing to spend time talking with you about how God's just revealed himself to you. And I know that's going to be very encouraging for listeners who are going through similar things in their lives. So thank you so much for being a part of our show. Thank you for having me. God bless. <laughs>
I hope that you have enjoyed the last half hour as much as I did. Thank you again to Refuge Ministries Canada for hosting the show. So until next Friday, may God richly bless you with peace, love, and happiness. We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. That's 519-701-0108. God bless you.